đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you and welcome to week episode of team cat home my radio everyone Happy Friday! Hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you guys are staying safe. Next week is gonna be a little, it's gonna be pretty cold, so hopefully you have something warm and maybe drink some hot coffee at the same time, hot chocolate. Pair everything. Everything's gonna be pretty, pretty cold next week. I don't know how cold it's gonna be, but hopefully you guys are carrying. It might be raining next week, so just expect to carry your umbrella and wearing your big old jacket with you, just to keep yourself warm. Cause that would have been the best choice. I I would say. And make sure, and we have a radio show that was today, uh, from from twelve to two. So hope you guys are you know listening, who are listening into the hallway and everything, hearing what I'm talking about. Hope you guys are basically enjoying what I'm saying, even though even though it's just very tame, not very high, but at the same time, it's pretty. It's gonna be pretty enjoyable for anyone who wants to listen to it. So. Anyway, next week we have a Halloween hijink, so hope you guys are, you know, wearing your costume and enjoying all the fun of Halloween. Make sure to buy candy, please. You know, because if you don't buy candies, who knows what you're going to be doing. Who knows what's going to happen, right? They can target paper your house, and I guarantee you, not fun. So, make sure to buy candy so that way these kids can get something. Alright, let's get into it. Make sure to every Monday and Friday for our podcast. Patriots only. District Council hopefuls who failed to get nominated should consider why. Hong Kong's John Lee says. Which sounds like he's pretty unconcerned about what's, what the candidates are. Those interested to run in the Patriot only District Council elections who are struggling to get nominations should look into why they have problems. Chief Executive John Lee has said. Under the recently overhauled electoral system, a candidate must receive at least three nominations from government-appointed committees to compete. Pro-democracy activists and some pro-establishment figures who did not belong to traditional parties have said they have they have, unsu- have been unsuccessful in obtaining nominations. It's not just from pro-Beijing. It's not just from pro-democracy. But many pro-establishment figures, even they struggle to get. Lee said on Tuesday during his regular press conference, that some might be failing to get nominations because they have not gained trust from the nominators. It might involve various reasons. Nominators might think the candidates cannot fulfill their responsibility as district counselors, have concerns over their performance, not believe they love the country in Hong Kong, quote-unquote, or that they are not sincere in upholding the basic law and bearing allegiance to the Hong Kong SAR, Lee said in Cantonese. He added, if candidates aren't able to meet those basic requirements, they should look into why they have problems. In response to Lee's remark, self-proclaimed non-establishment, quote-unquote, lawmaker, chair of moderate party, third side, Dick Ji-yoon, told Hong Kong One on Tuesday that the committee members should only consider whether candidates love the country and Hong Kong in giving nominations. Takes that evaluating candidates' performance and working style is the duty of voters, 
not of nominators. Third Side has announced that they would send two candidates, we will talk more about them later, to run in the race. Roundtable, a post-establishment group found by entrepreneur and post-establishment lawmaker Michael Tien, had a had announced that he would it would send five candidates, but only one had only secured had secured enough nominations. Tian said on now now TV on Tuesday that he is enlightened pro he is an enlightened pro lawmaker and that it's undoubtable that he that he loves the country of Hong Kong. He said authorities should review the composition of the committees. The picture only district council election will take place on December tenth. The nominations period began last Tuesday and it will run until next Monday. Hong Kong lawmakers and interested parties have also criticized authorities' refusal to disclose the contact details of committee members responsible for nominating candidates. Signing cons- privacy concerns, the Electoral Affairs Commission, or EAC, said in a statement earlier this month that it was not authorized to make such information available to the public, to the general public. As of last Saturday, the government has received 322 nominations from would-be candidates for the Patriot-only district council election. None of them are from pro-democracy parties. Democratic Party Chair Lo Qinghe said in September that eight party members have been endorsed to run in the newly restricted election, while another pro-democracy party, the Hong, the Hong Kong Association for Democracy and People's Livelihood (ADPL), will have two people run. Both parties have raised difficulties in securing nominations because there's no contact information for you to actually get nominated. It's almost a point where you have to bribe the uh, the election committees to get these to get these you know cycle cycles to get to get you nominated. It just doesn't make it doesn't even then it doesn't really make sense to even get nominated by these you know by these people anyway. I'm not saying don't run. I'm just saying that. This is a system where it's much more hard to run. It's not like you sign saying I will appear to basic law and then done. That's it. It's different. It's not. It's not like that. It's basically you have to get nomination and it's gonna. It's gonna go hoops and haps and hoops and haps. China removes Defense Minister Li Shangfu and ousts ex Foreign Minister Qing Gan from cabinet. China's removed Defense Minister Li Shangfu and ousted ex-Foreign Minister Qing Gan from his cabinet on Tuesday, state media said, in a major reshuffle of top leaderships. The news comes after months of speculation about the country's cabinet, including confusion over the abrupt removal of Qin from office in July without explanation and the months-long absence of Li from public field. Both Qin and Li are believed by experts to have personally selected for their roles by Chinese leader Xi Jinping. On Tuesday, state broadcaster CCTV announced the removal in its regular evening bulletin, but did not offer reasons for the minister's fall from grace. No replacement for Lee as defense minister was announced, like if they're going to ever be announced. Previously, it has been reported that the U.S. government believed Lee was under investigation and has been stripped of its ministerial duties, but China has refused to comment on the matter. Lee traveled to China, to Russia in August to attend a security conference near Moscow in, on October on August 15. Two days later, the government of Belarus released handouts, photo, uh, handout photographs of Lee's meeting with Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko in Minsk. But since then, he's disappeared from public view. Lee now confirmed remo- 
removal means there is no apparent host for China's regional security dialogue next week, the Shangshan's forum, which is due to be attended by representatives from the U.S. Department of Defense. Experts said Tuesday's announcement deepened the recent, the recent uncertainty around China's leadership. Neil Thomas, Chinese politics fellow at the Asia, Asia Society Policy Institute, told AFP that the recent upheaval hints at severe deficiencies in the vetting process for top officials at the, at the 20th People's Party's Congress last year. Due to possible um, possibly due to low-level officials not wanting to push back against against Xi's preferred candidates. But the removal of Li and Chin is unlikely to significantly undermine Xi's political authority, as neither was part of his true inner circle, Thomas said. Their purge reinforced to other officials the importance of retaining Xi's favor, as well as being removed as defense minister. Li has also also lost his position on the state council, China's cabinet. Foreign, uh, former foreign minister Chin, who was removed from office by Beijing's top lawmaking body just af- after just 207 days in the job, has now also been stripped of his cabinet position. He was replaced by Wang Yi, a veteran diplomat who served as foreign minister before Chin and who outranked him in the Chinese government's hierarchy. She's willing to correct course despite the optics suggest he is confident that such decision does not have major repercussion. Yun Sun, senior fellow and director of the China program at the Stimson Center in Washington, told AFP, adding that she's control and power are unparalleled. Any possible investigations into Lee is likely to continue for a while, and we never know the true reason for a long, for a long time," Sun said. The opacity of the opacity was also evident when China announced recently a new leadership for its rocket force, the Army's unit that oversees its nuclear arsenal, as media reported a corruption probe involving its former chief, the Navy's former deputy commander. Wang Hobin was named as the new commander of the force in a brief article by by state news agency Xinhua, reporting his promotion to the rank of general. His predecessor, Li Yu Chao, have not been seen in public for weeks, and Xinhua gave no explanations for his removal. CCTV also announced t- Tuesday that Science and Technology Minister Wang Jigan and Finance Minister Liu Kun had been removed from the post. There were they will be replaced by current Ministry of Science and Technology Party Secretary Yin He Jun and Finance Ministry Party Secretary Lo Fo An, respectively. Adam Ni, publisher of, of China Nei Chan's newsletter, told AFP the dismissal shows elite politics at play. Leadership instability continues unabated despite the cementing of paramount power by Xi, he said. Adding all those all those below she with the exceptions of few of very few are subjected to quick fall from power. They can pick and then they can be discarded, Ni said. I mean this is something that I mean 
you already know what the Communist Party, they're all corrupt. Anybody here criticizing America itself? Yeah, you can continue criticizing, I have no problem with that. That's what I'm, I want people to do. Always criticize the government, and then hopefully the government can fix their freaking crap up, so that way they don't even cause more problems when that happens. Because they've always been causing a massive, massive problem with what they're doing. No matter what, they still need to fix the problems. Even if they, the reverse shuffles is more, I'll, I'll say, in my honesty, the reverse shuffling in China's politics right now is more, um, is more entertaining than any TVB drama or any of the Hong Kong dramas that I know of. Elderly busker who played protest song Glory to Hong Kong jail for 30 days. An elderly busker who played a popular Hong Kong protest song has been jailed for 30 days after being convicted of performing in public and raising money without a permit, with the judge saying that the offense amounted to quote-unquote soft resistance. Wearing a navy blue jacket and a pair of airy aviators, looking nice style right there, Lee Jia-shin appeared before Magistrate Amy Chan at the Sateng Magistrate's Courts on Tuesday. After handing out the sentence, Chan said he would appeal. He was released after posing a $2,000 cash bail. The court heard that Lee played the Erhu with an amplifier without permission from the police chief outside Mong Kok East and Daiwai MTR stations and on a footbridge outside Central International Finance Center, or IFC, on four occasions between August 3rd, 2021 and September 29th, 2022. The 69-year-old retiree who is representing himself pled not guilty in May to four counts of playing in in musical instruments in public without a permit and three counts of collecting money in a public place without permission. Delivering the sentence, Chan said Lee was playing Glory to Hong Kong, a song popularized during the 2019 extradition bill protests and unrest. It is not the case that there is no bottom line when it comes to artistic creations, Chan said in Cantonese, referring to what a cybercrime police sergeant said when he was testified during the trial in July. The sergeant has said there was a high degree of connection between Glory to Hong Kong and anti-government sentiments, as well as assemblies, riots, and advocacy of Hong Kong independence. The judge said the lyrics of the song contained the phrase Liberate Hong Kong Revolution of Our Times, Referring to a protest slogan popularized during the during the demonstrations four years ago, in which judges ruled was capable of inciting secession during the city's first national security trial. Lee, who has only played the melody of the song on the Erhu, said in court earlier that he was playing "Glory to Carrie Lam," supposedly a parody of the protest song that has the same melody. Written by protesters during the 2019 demonstration, Glory to Hong Kong has been at the center of repeat incidents at international sporting events in which the song was played instead of the China's national anthem. The government said in June it was seeking an injunction to ban the song. The court shot down the attempts in July, but stories have since been allowed to appeal the rejection. Delivering the sentence on Tuesday, Chan cited the government's ongoing bid to ban unlawful acts linked to the protest song saying that Lee's playing of the song could have created a ripple effect across the side that endangers Concord National Security. And that the court's ruling should serve as an example to the public. The magistrate added that the new the new the national security law was already in effect at the time of the offense. 
of the offenses and that the defendant had engaged in soft resistance to provoke societal divisions. The defendant should be glad that he was not charged with more serious crimes, Chanson. Lee told the court in July that he believed he was, a, he was entitled to perform on the streets of Hong Kong under the UN International Covenant, Covenant of on Economic, Societal, and Cultural Rights, which formed the basis of Hong Kongers' rights to engage in academic research, literary, and and artistic creations and other cultural activities enshrined in, the, in Article 34 of the Basic Law. While Chen ruled that Lee's citing of the Covenant was constitutional, she said his freedom to perform was not absolute, and that he could not just do as he pleased without following the law. Lee had already testified that he gave up applying for a permit after he read that such applications took 14 days to process and found such regulations unforgiving, Chen said. Regarding the fundraising charges, Chen said the fact that the defendants did not know he needed a permit from the Secretary of Home and Youth Affairs could not amount to a reasonable defense. Chen also ruled that the police officers who approached Lee did indeed give out verbal warnings that he did not heed. In mitigation, Lee said he opposed the court's ruling. He revealed that he was turning 70 soon and had recently underwent a heart surgery. So what if I die in prison? He said in the Mandarin. Lee questioned how the court could say that he was playing the protest song based on the 70 notes, Do Re Mi Fa So La Ti. The, the busker then quote lines from the Chinese national anthem. Arise ye who will not be slaves again, and ask the court, are these insightful words? If the judge truly stands on the side of justice, she will cast aside her biases and make the, the correct rulings, he said, raising his voice. It's sad to see the situation that gotten praying crazy like this. I don't think it's wrong for him to play the song anyway. The song is just a song. It's not going to create, you know, a big, big problem, but they just take it to the level where it goes to like, oh, it's this, oh, it's that, oh, it's this, oh, it's that, oh, this is worse, oh, this is that happening. No, it doesn't make sense. I don't get why they, they gotta go far like that. Let's get to Hong Kong, um, the policy address right here. So, a protest group calls for full democracy claims government lacks mandate checks and balances. A pro-democracy group has called on the government to establish full universal suffrage during a five-person rally outside government's headquarters as Chief Executive John Lee prepared to deliver a list of key policy measures for the year ahead. The League of Social Democrats activists appeared outside the central, the central government's offices in Admiralty on Wednesday morning, just before the 2023 policy address as an almost equal number of police officers looked on. LSD Chair Chan Boying said the need for democracy was at the root of Hong Kong's livelihood issues and that the government had failed to acknowledge public opinions. Policies from a government has, n- has no mandates from the public, checks and balances, and that even fails to heed public consultations will only benefit their masters and the Pao conglomerates um, who truly holds the votes. Chen said into a loudspeaker in Cantonese. Chen was joined by four other activists, including Vice Chair Dixon Chow and Raphael Wong. They also they all they held a banner reading "Strive for Local Economy, 
Plan for Democratic Development, a play on Lee's policy address theme, Build the Economy, Plan for the Development. The leaked call for democracy came more than three years after Beijing inserted the national security legislation direct into Hong Kong's mini constitution, bypassing the local legislature and following a year of pro-democracy protests. It criminalizes subversion, secession, collusion of foreign forces, and terrorist acts, which were broadly defined to disrupt to, to transport and other infrastructures from monster pro-democracy protests. Chen added that despite its financial woes, the government still plans to carry out two large-scale development projects that would that would squander some two million two trillion of taxpayers' money. The government's plan to spend a huge amount of money, but would it prioritize the interests of Hong Kong people? She asked, have, adding that the government had yet to rezone its lands for public housing to curb the city's housing shortages. The league also called on them to to abolish political vetting measures and release political prisoners and ensure Hong Kongers' freedom of speech, press, and assembly under the basic law. Thing is, this it's pretty it's it's rare to see this kind of protest. Usually, usually you see many pro-democracy people would sit in the chamber and basically see what's going on, listen to what's going on. So basically, they're basically listening and see if there's anything that will change. Even then, the even though it's even then it's very disappointing that they didn't address much really. I'm pretty, you know, I'm really disappointed about what the government does. I'm not saying I'm pessimistic, but at the same time, we need to make sure that these government officials are not denying anything like that. Hong Kong policy address again: How city security crackdowns target soft resistance. It's been going on, I don't know how long, they probably have months or so. They kept saying the same thing over again, soft resistance this, but they don't. Even, I don't even know what they mean by soft resistance. Hong Kong leader John Lee used his policy address on Wednesday to sound the alarm on the threats of soft resistance, a vague term used by Chinese politicians to signal a new chapter and their crackdown against dissent. The phrase has no clear definition, nor is it included in the city's law, but this week it appeared in a guilty verdict issued by the Hong Kong court for the first time. Li Jiaxing, 69 years old, was convicted Tuesday of unlicensed performance and fundraising after publicly playing Glory to Hong Kong, an anthem that emerged during the city's huge, sometimes violent pro-democracy protests in 2019. Judge Amy Chan says Li's performance amounted to quote-unquote soft resistance that instigates societal conflicts. And I did report on that just like a while, um, a minute ago. I was only playing Do Re Mi Fa So. It turned out to be an enormous case, Lee told reports outside court. Beijing imposed a, Nash, a sweeping national security law to quell dissent after the 2019 pro democracy protests brought hundreds of thousands of people to the streets to call for more autonomy from mainland China. Hong Kong will complete its own national security legislation next year, Lee said in his address vowing to finish the task set out in the city's mini constitution, but which is but which has yet to be done since the territory was returned under the Chinese under Chinese rule in nineteen ninety seven. The new law could address quote unquote soft resistance according to Security Minister Chris Tong. The rise of ambiguous concept has triggered rare debates in Hong Kong's pro establishment camp, which is not which is the only game in town after the political opposition was wiped out under the 
Beijing national security law. Legislator Paul Ch- Paul Che told AP in in August that criminalizing cro- um, sovereignism with further national security law could be damaging. There will be a very big gray area and huge censorship threat, he said. In the long run, it won't benefit us because no society can sustain without noises. Not for long. So far, 280 people. Not six, not t- not two people, not 80 people. 280 people have been arrested under Beijing's law. Like I said, not six people, not three people, not nine people, not two, not, t- not 80. It's about 280. Soft resistance was first mentioned in a speech by Lo Wei Ning. Beijing's former liaison chief in Hong Kong uh, on April 15, 2021. This is basically before my radio show was was this for my podcast was finally was finally up. A day now dedicated to educating the Hong Kong public about national security. Anything that endangers national security, if it belongs to hard resistance, it should be struck by law, said Lo. If it belongs soft resistance to belong to soft resistance, it should be regulated by law. The term has been used to describe criminal offenses such as sedition, incitement, incitement, terrorism, and advocacy for Hong Kong independence, according to security chief, security chief Tang. Some national security perpetrator has continued to incite, infiltrate, and collude with foreign forces through means like soft resistance. Tang told pro Beijing newspaper One Way Poll in June. He blamed soft resistance for causing multiple social chaos in Hong Kong over the past 20 years. Leader Lee, under U.S. sanctions for his role in cracking down on the 2019 protests, had in July warned about destructive forces engaged in soft resistance hidden within Hong Kong. Taking a lead from Lee, Customs Commissioner Louise Ho later vowed to strictly scrutinize quote-unquote soft resistance items being imported. Rare dissent emerged on Chinese social platform WeChat in, Jul- in a July article that went viral. A number of people have turned the national security law into, a- into an ace card to promote their initiatives, anonymous influencer Jing Hai Ho wrote. Such irresponsible use would damage Hong Kong's liberty and political pluralities, the writer said, and that doing so could also constitute a form of soft resistance. The Post echoed sentiments of those relatively rational dull, uh, dull factions in Hong Kong's business sector, said a current affairs analyst, analyst who requested nominee for fear of being labeled as quote unquote soft resistance. <laughs> Using soft resistance as an excuse or the national security law as an imperial token is the main reason behind our loss of talents and foreign visitors, the, the analyst said. The finance hub has suffered from a brain drain since 2019 with major international operations downsizing or exiting. <laughs> they know if Hong Kong can't, um, doesn't change path, the city will lose its edge. Another Hong Kong-based scholar feared the phrase suggested a further crackdown on, on civil society. The regime wants to completely reshape Hong Kong as an Ill, illiberal society with little to no dis- dissonance, the scholar who requested a nominee to AAP. At the same time, it is likely to further strengthen and strengthen self-censorship, which is already pervasive. It's already hard enough. I don't know what's the point of them calling it soft resistance there, soft resistance that. What is the point? What is the point? I don't think there's a need for you to call this kind of thing. 
Because for them to say soft resistance this, soft resistance that, soft resistance this, soft resistance that, it doesn't make sense to me anymore. Google denies Hong Kong police request to remove seditious film about media tycoon Jimmy Lai from YouTube. I don't even think there's a need for them to ask YouTube, ask Google to delete it. A documentary about pro-democracy media tycoon Jimmy Lai remains on YouTube, despite a request from Hong Kong's police to take it down. A transparency report published by, by U.S. tech giant Google has revealed. In April 2023, we requested a... We received a request from the Hong Kong police force to remove five videos featuring the Hong Konger, a documentary about an imprisoned activist from YouTube, the Google report read. The Hong Kong Free Press alleged that the con- content, the Hong Kong PF, which is the Hong Kong police force, se- alleged that the content was seditious in nature and violative of crime ordinance CAP 200 and would amount to criminal contempt of court as the activist's trial was ongoing. The request, the outcome of the request, according to Google, was, we did not remove the five videos from YouTube. Since being uploaded to YouTube's video sharing site by American research organizations Action Institute on April on April 19th, the English language version of the free-to-view feature-length documentary has amassed 2.8 million views. The film is also in Portu- available in Portuguese and Spanish, and with traditional and simplified Chinese subtitles. Lai, 75 years old, who, was, who founded the non-defunct pro-democracy tablet Apple Daily, has been detained since December 2020. Last December, he was sentenced to five years and nine months in prison for fraud after his found tab breached the terms of lease of the newspaper's headquarters. He has also pled not guilty to two counts of conspiracy to collude foreign forces under the national security law, and one offense linked to allegedly to allegedly seditious publications with a high-profile trial set to get underway on December 18th. After over a year, a year's delay, if convicted, he faces life in prison. Which is a very... Since Apple closing, since Apple Day closing, it created a fear with many, with many news outlets, including Stan News, that got shut down, and then Citizen News shut down. Um, a lot has been... A lot has changed so far. And not in a good way. Hong Kong police also asked for two videos that showed the unofficial 2019 protest anthem Glory to Hong Kong mistaken for Chinese national anthem the march of the volunteers and international sporting events to be taken down from YouTube. The Hong Kong police force alleged that the content was a part of a conspiracy to insult the national anthem. Google wrote that it did not remove the view in question. In July, the court dismissed a government injunctions that sought to ban the broadcasting, performing, printing, publishing, selling, offering for sale, distributing, um, disseminating, displaying, or reproducing glory to Hong Kong, including on the internet, with a secessionist or seditious intent, or with the intent to violate the national anthem law. The government has been granted to rights to challenge the, that decision, and the appeal will be heard on December 19th, the day after Lai's trials resume. If the government is successful, the injunction may prove to the exist, um, essential for Google's presence in Hong Kong, with, industri- with industry insiders suggesting it may be difficult for such companies to continue operating in the city and amid such restraints. Last December, security chief Chris Tong said Google had refused to alter the results of his researches that saw Glory to Hong Kong appear before much of the volunteers when Hong Kong National Anthem was searched for. Tons of the tech giant had hurt the feelings of the Hong Kong people. Aww, it hurts their feelings, isn't it? 
Why do you care about a Google search? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, okay? If you look it up for Hong Kong National Anthem, does it matter if it's actually on the top or on the bottom? Why does it matter anyway? It's like they're so paranoid about every single thing. Look at that. It's even higher than, than the freaking anthem for the Communist Party. I'm serious. Google put up whatever they want. I don't need, they don't, there's no need for them to do it. There's no need for them to pay attention to Google. Why does that bother them? Why does that bother me? Speaking to Hong Kong Free Press about Google's future in the city ahead of the initial injunction verdict, data scientist Wang Hua said if they do not plan to obey if the ban passes, then we will have then we have to see how the government responds, Wang said. The removal requests for the Hong Kong and the Glory to Hong Kong radios were among 164 items requested for removal from July to June, most of which came from from the police. 36 of those items were identified as web search pages from Google, as well as 35 items from YouTube and 30 from Google sites. 30, yeah. Google has published transparency reports since 20. Since 2011, reviewing government's requests around the world. Since 2019, requests from the Hong Kong government rose rapidly from 57 items in 2019 to 122 in 2020 to 330 last year. Police are now the main source of requests, accounting for almost 71% of requests received in 2022. Previously, Google revealed details of three occasions where it complied with requests from Hong Kong police to remove content from its platforms during the first half of 2021, including cases involving a, Google, a Gmail account, a Google Drive account, and a Blogger account. According to the Facebook Transparency Report, Meta received 201 legal requests from Hong Kong between J- July and December 2020. The company complied with none of the requests, and they should not apply comply with these freaking government requests. There is no point for them to do it. I don't think there's a reason for them to do it anyway. It's a waste. It doesn't make sense. It do- it's just like they're bowing down to the government. You have to be extra, extra weak to actually bow down to them. Chief Executive John Lee defended defends need for new security law. Says Hong Kong understand why after 2019 unrest. Chief Executive John Lee had defended the government's move to enact more security legislation after vowing during Wednesday policy address to roll out Article 23 of the Basic Law next year. The 2019 riots, black violence, and the attempted color revolution happened because of the obvious vacuum situations of the legislation regarding national security. Lee said during a press, press conference on Wednesday, We have suffered badly. We have to learn through pain. Learn this through pain. The Hong Kong's national security law also requires Hong Kong to enact Article 23 as quickly as possible. The controversial legislation stipulates that the government shall enact law to prohibit acts of treason, secession, sedition, and subversion against Beijing. It failed in 2003, following mass protests, and was not tabled again until after the onset of the separate Beijing-imposed national security law in 2020. Pro-democracy advocates feared it could limit further limit civil liberties. Chris Tong claimed in August that foreign groups were behind the 2003 demonstrations. In an unlisted YouTube video, Tong alleged that the external forces cultivated local opposition groups to organize the mass rally, saying the, saying the anti 
anti-Article 23 legislation. Legislation protest at the time was a trial run for them. He did not provide evidence for his claim. Like they ever gonna provide claim anyway. When challenged by Hong Kong for press as to whether he agreed, Lee said on Wednesday that the protest 20 years ago was due to failure to understand the legislation. We did not succeed in 2003. I would say this was because of, in some way, not being able to make people understand very properly what Article 23 can do for them in a positive way. I think after the 2019 harm and troubles, people understand how national security is an important factor for stability for continuing our normal day-to-day life, he said. Here's what I have another, here's what I have a problem with. If you're saying that it's actually because of the people not understanding, they look at it. They already looked at it. Thing is this is that the government yes the government did not listen to the they did not listen to the will of the people. But for Chris Tong and many of those government officials claiming that the people, that the external forces are the ones that's behind this, pulling strings, pulling this and that on them. I want to ask a question this. Are you that paranoid? If you're that paranoid, then don't even bother. The protest in 2003 was because your freaking bill they're not just anything that has to do with that has to do with protection of security. If it's not just security, then why can't it be explained? No one wants to pass this in the first place. Because this is what the most important thing is this. Hong Kong has a unique law, and this is the problem where it can cause more encroachment on civil liberties here. Because on the basic law it says it all written on there that you that there's that includes freedom of speech and freedom of press. By them, by them implementing this kind of law and this kind of rule, that's just stupid. And they're saying that it's because the government is deaf, blind, and everything. Deaf, blind, and mute uh, government that we had. It it causes a massive peep, massive, massive amount of Hong Kong residents to actually understand that why they are being angry about this. It's because they feel discontent about the government trying to listen to them. If only they would draw, because in 2003, they withdrew that because of discontent. And there's no support. Because you don't simply just pass it because of the the reasons. Nobody wants to vote. So they listen to constituencies. Like James Tian, he listened to his constituencies, resigned from the executive council, and then say, Nope, sorry. I'm not gonna let this pass. I give up. I'm not doing it because I'm not because I'm not here to cause any more problems with people. Let's just keep it that, okay? I'm gonna let I'm gonna not let it pass, and then we'll shelve. Maybe we can think about it. And eventually, they didn't wait until after the national security law passed. So they let so it passed, and eventually everything happened, and everything they kept introducing it and talking about it. They're talking about color revolution, this color revolution, that. It's just. It just doesn't make sense to me. In in my own eyes, I don't even know what they mean by color revolution. Cause they, I hear that all the time. Color revolution, and then you get a, and then you get um soft resistance. I don't even know what that means. 
if it's a foreign, if there's a foreign country involved, I'm always asking them, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? Where's your proof? If you have no proof, don't say it. If you have no proof, no evidence, no nothing, just don't say it. Just be quiet. And they kept blaming, oh, the United States were involved in it. But what role were the United States involved? What were they involved? Where's the proof? You have to have proof before you do anything else. You don't just say, oh, code revolution. And then I'm like, okay, where's the code for revolution? Who initiated it? What party was it? And what government was it? And and they tell me, well, I don't, I'm not going to tell you what it is. No, you're going to have to tell me. If you're, if you're a person who knows what it is, you're going to have to tell me. You can't just sit here and tell me that I don't, uh, I don't need to tell you. You know who they are. No, the answer is, I don't know who they are. Who are those countries then? And we'll explain more, and we'll, and we're going to report more after the break. And we'll come back to the second half. Hong Kong falls for a third year on Global Rule of Law Index, as government says ranking remains higher than s- some countries. Hong Kong's place on a Global Rule of Law f- Index had fallen to its third consecutive year, dropping to 23. 23rd amongst 142 regions from tw- from second place last year. In 2020, the city was ranked the 16th position. The index compl- complied by the World Justice Project assessed, or WJP, assesses the extent to which countries and territories adhere to the rule of law across eight categories. Constraints on government's power, absence of corruption, open governments, fundamental rights, order, and security, the enforcement of regulations, and civil justice and criminal justice. For the 2023 index, WJP examined the data from 142 countries and jurisdictions, including the results of questionnaires given to experts and the general public. While Hong Kong fell to one place on the global index in 2022, it retains a sixth place position in the East Asia and Pacific region behind New Zealand, Australia, Japan, Singapore, and South Korea. Mainland China stayed relatively low in the index, dropping two places from last year to 97. In response, a Hong Kong government spokesperson said in their statement issued on Wednesday night that the government that the city remains high in the index. Hong Kong is ahead of, of some European and American countries, which often unreasonably criticize the rule of law and human rights situation of Hong Kong, the spokesperson said. The UK ranked 15 in the index, while Canada ranks 12. The US was, be- was below, in ho- below Hong Kong in 26th position. The spokesperson did not specify which country they were referring to. Over the past three years, Hong Kong experienced the most significant decline in constraints on government's power, according to the index, dropping from the 31st ranking from the ranking of 31st, 31 in 2020 to 59 this year. Meanwhile, the city remained in a relatively high ranking in terms of order and security, absence of corruption, and fundamental rights. The government spokesman said the Hong Kong the, said Hong Kong's score was higher than on the 2022 index in terms of order and security, in which held on onto 6th place in the global ranking. It is significant proof of the important role of the Hong Kong national security law in maintaining order and security of Hong Kong. The spokesperson said the national security law has provided the necessary conditions for ensuring the long-term prosperity and stability 
of Hong Kong and enables Hong Kong residents to enjoy their lot, their rights and f- freedoms, in a in a safe and and peaceful environment. Western countries have criticized the state of Hong Kong's rule of law since in the enactment of the Beijing Post National Security Law in June 2020. The U.S. State Department said in April in its 2023 Hong Kong Policy Act report that Chinese and Hong Kong authorities continue to use national security as a broad and vague basis to undermine the rule of law. U.S. Um, UK foreign, foreign Secretary James Cleverly said in September in a six-monthly report on the state of the of the cities that Hong Kong, the state of the cities that Hong Kong stories had expanded the use of national security law beyond genuine national security concerns. They've expanded it instead of using it to fight against things like threats of security. It's now going to somewhere that's almost out of the range of what they call national security now. It's not even called that it's not even close to be called national security anymore. It's not even close to be calling that. Hong Kong activist Owen Chow pleads guilty to rioting in twenty nineteen during storming of legislature. Hong activist Hong Kong activist Owen Chow had pled guilty to rioting on July first, twenty nineteen, when the state's legislature was stormed by hundreds of protesters during the early days of the anti-extradition bill protest. The 26-year-old, who is among the 47 pro-democracy figures involved in a high-profile national security trial, entered his guilty plea for a, for a rioting charge at district court on when, on Wednesday, local media reported. Hong Kong, he said to have taken part in a riot at the Legislative Council on the anniversary of the state's hangover from Britain to China, four years ago. That day, the building next to the government's headquarters in Admiralty was broken into by demonstrators protesting against the Senate Act's execution bill. Hundreds of protesters stormed the city's legislature by smashing by smashing glass doors with steel with steel rods and ramming other objects include into the entrances of the complex. Then lawmakers from the Promocy camp including Lun Yutum, Ted Hui, Fernan Chu and Lam Chukte attempted to negotiate with the protesters, but to no avail. As police withdrew, the demonstrators entered the building and vandalized it by spray-painting slogans on the wall and on portraits of the legislature's protest uh, presence, while others defaced the city's emblem and tore up a copy of of its mini-constitution, the basic law. According to local media, police took took three copies of the basic law from the ledge Legislative chamber as evidence, and later found Chow's fingerprints on them. The activist said was said to have ripped copies of the city's constitution apart with at least one other other protesters. The government spent around thirty six million dollars to repair the damage. Local media report on this on Wednesday, citing cases details read out in court. The storming of the Legislative involved thirteen other defendants, including act. Actor Gregory Wong, former University of Hong Kong student leader Alcia Swin, and activist Mintis Lau, who has also been charged under the Beijing Imposed National Security Law. Chow will take a mitigation plea on February 1st next year. Chow was arrested for rioting at the legislature in early February 2021. When he reported to, the poli- to a police station to extend his police bail, for a conspiracy to commit subversion case involving 47 Democrats. His bail was revoked later that month 
when he was officially charged under national security law. Now, he was granted bail in June 2021 after spending four months in custody, in custody pending his subversion link to the unofficial legislative primary election held by the Democratic camp ahead of the 2020 Legislative Council election, which was postponed for more than a year due to, COVID-19, to the quote-unquote COVID-19 pandemic. But his bail was revoked in January last year after he was said to have breached his bail terms. He has been detained since then. And is waiting and is waiting for the landmark trial to resume next month for closing arguments. Of course, the storming of the legislative council, I cannot, you know, agree that, but it's actually I look on why they did it. It's because it was anger at the government for not actually giving them at least what the Hong Kong demands. Extending storage for women's eggs not aligned with goals to get Hong Kongers to have kids early, leader John Lee says. The government wants Hong Kong's couples to have children early, while they are still in their prime. Chief Executive John Lee has said in response to a lawmaker's suggestion about improving the city's egg freezing policy. Lee introduced a series of initiatives to encourage Hong Kongers to have more children in the second policy address of his term on Wednesday. The state has one of the lowest birth rates in the world, below Singapore, Japan, and Taiwan. The initiatives, which came into effect on Wednesday, included a bo- a, cash- a cash bonus of $20,000 for new parents, giving families with a newborn priority for public housing and tax deduction. However, new measures did not incorporate early- earlier suggestions from lawmakers such as addressing the existing policy relating to egg freezing and giving couples an allowance for various methods of assisted reproduction. Nixie Lam, a pro-establishment lawmaker and a member of the Democratic Alliance for the Betterment and for Betterment and Progress of Hong Kong, or DAB, had advocated for extending the maximum storage periods of eggs to allow women more flexibility to choose when to give birth. When asked why the government did not consider changing its policy when it came to egg freezing during the during a, during a question and answer session on Thursday, Lee said extending the amount of time eggs may be may be frozen was not aligned to, with the government's goal, which was a current which was to encourage couples to have children early. Everyone hopes that if they have children while they are in the prime time, they're in their prime, their babies will be stronger, Lee said in Cantonese. Currently, frozen eggs can be stored for up to 10 years in Hong Kong. Lam, who gave birth to a boy at the age of 41 after freezing her eggs, said the technology provided women with more options. She told Hong Kong 1 in August that if a woman chose to f- choose to freeze her eggs at the age of 25, she would have to use them by the age of 35. Lam suggested that the maximum storage period should be extended to 3 years. 3 years and how are you going to get birth? That's what I want to know. It may not change much. It might not do much. Many pro-establishment lawmakers said the government's new initiative would have a limited impact in boosting the state's birth weight, reacting to the pol- to a to a policy address on Wednesday. Peter Seal, a lawmaker and chair of the Liberal Party, said the stories initiative to boost birth rates were simply small favors. Those small favors probably won't help middle-class families want to give birth. She said, I mean, that a cash bonus of $20,000 only cover a small part of expenses required to raise a child in Hong Kong. 
er, Eric Chen, Chief Secretary for Administration, said on Thursday that the that the twenty thousand dollars handout should be seen as an encouragement, like a red packet, and that it was hard to change the people's ideas about giving birth. People have different considerations on having children. Some like pets, be- some like pets better than kids. It's hard to change people, Chen said. Hong Kong has seen a declining birth rate over the past 10 years, with fewer babies born and women postponing the age of childbearing. According to the Census and Statistics Department, the city's general fertility rate, which relates the number of of live births in a calendar year to to the mid-year female populations aged 15 to 49, had decreased since since 2012. In 2012, there were there were 36.4 live births per 1,000 1, women. The number declined to 23.4 in 2021. Meanwhile, the fertility rate amongst women aged 20 to 24 increased by 77% in the past three years, while that of women aged 40 to 44 increased by 91%. According to a survey of 1,502 1, women, who are married? Who are mar- married and living or living with a partner? Conducted by the Family Planning Association of Hong Kong between September and December last year, the average numbers of children per woman was ze- was zero point ninety one da- down from one hundred and twenty eight in two thousand seventeen. The figure was three point three in nineteen seventy two, according to the association. So by simply giving stipend and even even then, it's not going to do much, really. So, I don't know if it's, if it's trying to shield the government's embarrassment that they aren't able to help with that or fix it. What do you expect? What do you, what do you expect? Having that thing on the policy address is not going to do much, really. And, of course, we do have members of the opposition talking about it. So, Hong Kong policy address, members of opposition and unconvinced as patriot-only lawmakers offer muted praise. Hong Kong leader John Lee on Wednesday delivered his second policy address in a record-breaking 3-hour and 20-odd minutes speech titled A Vibrant Economy for a Caring Economy, a Caring Community, in which he introduced a raft of measures spanning from easing property taxes to boosting childbirth. The The wide-ranging policy address also included a vow to complete the legislation of Article 23, the city's own security law next year, and emphasis on guarding against soft resistance within the city. Lee's speech met, was met with, gener- with general praise from the city's patron-only lawmakers, who said it was comprehensive and responsive to their policy recommendations and demands. But outside the legislative chamber, one of the last remaining pro-democracy groups, the League of Social Democrats, Continue to co- continue calls for democracy, while the opposition Democratic Party said Lee's address lacked a clear direction for reviving the economy and failed to preserve Hong Kong's uniqueness. <laughs> Hong Kong rounds up at reactions to some of the key measures laid out in Lee's second policy address. The first one will be Article 23. Lee announced on Wednesday that his government would complete legislation for the city's own national own security law, separate from Beijing's imposed national security law in 2024. Article 23 of the basic law, the city's music count. 
sees many constitutions stipulates that Hong Kong shall enact its own security own law to prohibit seven national security related acts, including treason and separate state secure state secrets. A previous attempt to legislate Article Twenty Three in two thousand three resulted in mass protests of some five hundred thousand people. The, then the biggest protest the city had ever seen, and the proposal was being shelved for twenty years. Following months-long pro-democracy protests in 2018, Beijing imposed a net sweeping national security law in the city in the following year. While criminalizing subversion, secession, um, collusion with foreign forces, and terrorism, it also requires the city to enact its own <laughs> security legislation. Speaking to the press after his speech, Lee defended the need for Article 23 legislation by saying it is a constitutional duty that the government have not been able to fulfill for over 20 years. They also said that the pain and hurt of 2019 would make people realize the necessity of na- of national security legislation. During a press conference held by lawmakers after Lee's policy address on Wednesday, the most significantly expressed their support for Lee's proposal, the including the largest pro-Beijing party in the legislature. The Democratic Alliance for the Betterment and Progress of Hong Kong, DAB, fully supports the clear timeline of Article 23 legislation, said Chairperson Gary Chan and Cantonese. Dick Yun, who identified as the not only non-establishment lawmakers, was also the only lawmaker at any press briefing attended by Hong Kong Free Press to raise concerns over the compatibility um, of Article 23 and the national security law, as well as the timeline of its legislation. The national security law was passed Chinese style, while Article 23 will be passed under the common, locally under the common law. Takes it on Wednesday in, in Cantonese. Other legislation of the National Security Law and the Article 23 com- uh, complementary, or do they conflict? He added that the stability has been largely restored since the enactment of the National Security Law. There is no need for Article 23. We should give given a significant time for citizens to discuss, for the public to be consulted, and for the government to explain it well, takes it. Kevin Seal an executive committee member of the Democratic Party also said on Wednesday that the government should not proceed with its legislation before addressing the public. The government needs to explain to Hong Kong people about the differences between Article 23 and the national security law regarding their respective crimes and the methods of law enforcement, she was saying in Cantonese. Stem duty is easing. Lee also announced on Wednesday the halving of several property taxes with immediate media effect. The taxes were among some of the longest, long-standing measures designed to curb property speculation and to ensure affordable housing in the world's least affordable housing market. The spirit of, st- of special stamp duty, a- or SSD, a-, a measures to prevent speculation was shortened from three years to two years, meaning that if a homeowner sells their property two years after acquiring it, they would no, they would not need to pay the 10% SSD. While both the buyer stamp duty and new residential stamp duty, or BSD and NRSD, were reduced from 15% to 7.5%. Lee also introduced a stamp duty suspension arrangement for incoming talent, replacing the previous refund arrangement for for visa holder coming into the city's via various talent schemes. The payment of BSD and NRSD would be suspended when they purchase a home. 
The amount would only be, be collected if they did not become a permanent residence. The policy intention is to is to retain them as future Hong Kong permanent residents, a government source said. Holden Chow and a lawmaker and vice chair of DAB say he welcomed the story's easing of property stamp duties. It will help local families and non-local talents to buy properties, Chow said in Cantonese. Pro-Business Party Business and Professional Alliance for Hong Kong, which has advocated for withdrawing all measures in place to curb property sales, also welcomed the government's move. Louise, Louise Long, a lawmaker representing the real estate and construction sector, and a member of the uh, B, uh, BPA, said that easing stamp duties would help restore um, visuality up to the property market, but would not cause property prices to rise rapidly. Long suggested fully withdrawing all the measures that curb the property market if there was no sign of speculations within the two within next two or three months. Boosting childbirth. Wow, we just talked about this already. Also unveiled as a new measure was a $20,000 bonus to parents for every newborn on on or after Wednesday to promote childbirth. As the state saw a record low fertility rate, we will provide a one-off cash bonus of $20,000 for each baby born today or after in Hong Kong to a parent who is a permanent resident, Lee said. The measure will remain in place for at least three years before it is reviewed. The Hong Kong fertility rate has fallen to a record low in recent years. The fertility rate in 2021 um, stood at 0.77, down from 1.29 in 2012. According to official figures, people are also getting married later. Numbers of couples without children have also overtaken one-child families in Hong Kong, a survey released in August found. The cash bonus policy was among the most divisive and debated measures rolled out on Wednesday. The Hong Kong the twenty thousand dollars bonus will never be enough, but at least it's better than nothing. Pro Beijing lawmaker Genius Ho said in response to a question from Hong Kong, from Hong Kong Free Press during a press briefing on Wednesday. The policy signified the broader so- social issue of aging, he added. By twenty sorry, there will be there will be one third of our population exceeding the age of sixty, Ho said. Speaking at another press conference, pro-establishment lawmakers Doreen Kong argued that the state needs a more comprehensive po- population policy. It's not just about a baby bonus, Kong said. But Regina Ip, a top, gov- a top government advisor and chair of the new of the New People's Party, said the b- baby's bonus was one me- was one measure out of a package of policies promoting childbirth including a tax deduction for use of productive technology. The people who want to use reproductive technology to have children are the people who most want to have children. So I'm glad the government has recognized their needs, Ips said. Ips comment referred to the proposed tax reduction for expenses on existing reproductive services, which would be subjected to a ceiling of $100,000 a year. But a government source said on Wednesday it remained to be confirmed which services would would qualify for child for tax deduction. Responding to the childbirth policies, the Democratic Party also said on Wednesday that 
The proposed initiatives were insufficient to reverse the, fi- the falling fertility rate, as the motivations to raise a child was determined by a wider social environment, a fair education system, a fair and open society, and a healthy environment for children to grow were essential factors in the decision to have, to have children. So for the government to be to giving that, even if you give $1,000, doesn't really make people want to give birth at all. I don't think so, really. It doesn't really do much, I should, I should say. Hong policy address, public less satisfied by, by leader John Lee's speech than last year's survey finds. Chief Executive John Lee's second policy address has scored 44.4 on a 100-point scale down almost 7 points from his maiden maiden address last year, according to a survey conducted by a Hong Kong pollster. The policy address delivered on Wednesday yielded a net satisfaction rate of negative 6%, with 34% of respondents saying they were satisfied with the results and 40% saying they were dissatisfied, according to the Hong Kong Public Opinions Research Institute, or PORI. The remaining 17% were half were half and half on the address. The POI, the POI survey came a day after Lee delivered his second policy address, which was which was focused on focusing uh, efforts which focused on efforts to boost a stagnant economy, include measures designed to boost childbirth, address substandard subdivided housing, and pushing patriarch education. Property stamp tax will also ease in bid to boost alien property markets. Thursday Paul's finding showed that the public appraisal of this of this speech was somewhat worse than Lee's main policy address last year, which is which is which was rated at fifty one point one out of a hundred. Um, POI statement read: There were a total of six hundred. 681 respondents in the instant survey, which ran from 1.30 p.m. until 9 p.m. on Wednesday. Lee's own support rating, meanwhile, stands at 49.7 out marks out of 100, down from his rating of 52.6 last month. His net approval stands at 20% at 20% points, with approval at 51% and disapproval at 31%. Veteran journalist and political commentator Johnny Lau, speaking at a POI press conference on Thursday, said that while he did not disagree with Lee's goal of developing the economy, the government would have to provide more information on how policies would impact society at large. Also speaking at the press conference, veteran journalist Chris Young said the government has decimated all oppositions, should be driving in the fast lane. But that's not the case, he said, even under government patron-only political framework. Notable amongst Lee's policy announcements on Wednesday was the timeline for enactment of Hong Kong's own, own security legislation, Article 23. He said it would take effect in 2024, four years after the Beijing bypassed the local legislature to insert a national security law directed to Hong Kong's media constitution following a year of pro-democracy protests and, and arrest. So for Young, said the criminal ordinance and the national security law have already covered most offenses and have already had a significant impact felt across society. 
The existing security law has given police sweeping new powers, and it hunts several and seven hun- and seeing hundreds convicted amidst new legal pre- presidents, while dozens of civil society groups disappeared. Sorry, saying it has restored stability and peace to the city, rejecting criticism from trade partners, the UN, and NGOs, despite an overall rising crime. Yon, who co-founded defunct non non-profit media outlets, t- citizen. Citizen News said Article 23 will have significant implications for foreign media outlets as they may, might be a risk, at risk of violating offenses relating to theft of state secrets and foreign bodies conducting political activities in the city. PRI also announced survey results at people's appraisals of the news media on Thursday. According to the study, respondents' net satisfaction rate with the overall performance of the news media stood at positive 16% points. Net fact satisfaction with press freedom in Hong Kong stands at negative 8%, while net 13% of people believe local media will give full play to freedom of speech. A net 32% of people believe that the media has self-censored when reporting the news. Lee said people have been paying less attention to the news and attributed the trends to people feeling helpless, as if there are no points in keeping up with current affairs, if you want to convince the public, you need facts and figures to back yourself up. You're trying to convince people, not your masters, he said. That's true. So, another news I consider to be very, 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 very surprising for some people. So, Li Keqiang, China's former number two, and uh, former number two, and he's a premier, dies age 68, state media reported. Former Chinese Premier Li Keqiang, a reform-minded, quote-unquote, reform-minded bureaucrat, once tipped as the country's future leader only to be eclipsed by Chinese leader Xi Jinping, died Friday. He was 68 years old. He had a heart attack on Thursday and passed away in Shanghai, just after midnight's state-run news agency Xinhua said. During his 10-year tenure as Premier under Xi, Li cultivated an image as a more modern Communist Party loyalist compared to his stiffer. Colleagues, a career bureaucrat who spoke fluent English, he voiced support for economic reforms during his time in office. The son of a minor party official in eastern China's Port Anhui province, Li was sent to the countryside to work as a manual laborer during the tumultuous Cultural Revolution of 1966 to 76. He went on to get went on to gain a law degree from Peking University, where a classmate said he embraced Western and liberal political theory, translating a book on the law by a British judge. But he became more orthodox after joining the ranks of the officialdom in the mid-1980s, working as a bureaucrat while his former classmate protested in the Tiananmen Square in 1989. Lee's role to become the ruling Communist Party top official in Hernan province and in Liaoning in in the Northeast both of which saw economic growth. But his reputation was damaged by handling of an HIV-slash-AIDS epidemic stemming from a tainted blood donations program while he was a party boss in Henan province. Lee, later, Lee was promoted to become a deputy to then-premier Wen Jiabao. His attempt of tackle, uh, tackling China's deep-rooted, deep economic challenges were curtailed by the overwhelming authority of Xi, with whom he was once seen as a rival for the country's leadership. Praise for helping the st- to steer the country 
through the global financial crisis relatively unscathed, his time in office saw a dramatic shift in power in China from the more consensus-based rule associated with former leader Hu Jintao and his predecessors. Yeah, his predecessors not even close to be called um, freedom and consensus anyway. To a more concentrated power of Xi, people always debated whether China's institution would determine the outcomes, as opposed to just raw power. Victor Victor Xi, a expert an expert on Chinese elites politics at the University of California San Diego to AAP. And of course, recent events show that raw power still matters more. Li's tenure also saw China's economy begin to slow from dizzy from dizzying heights experienced in the nineteen nineties and two thousands. He also struck me as he always struck me as very, as very committed to China's development intellectually curious and with a highly sophisticated understanding of the Chinese economy. Bert, Bert Hoffman, director of East Asian Institute at the National University of, of Singapore, told AFP. Events derailed some of its agenda in the past 10 years, but I think it was still very much relevant today. Former Peking University classmate Guo Guangwu, now a senior research scholar at Stanford, told AAP that Lee was someone with an ability for independent thought during their time together. Afterwards, he became a government official and his ability seems to disappear, he said. I don't believe he has left a political legacy. History will soon forget him. When Lee left office, the country was experiencing some of its lowest growth in decades, battered by a, by a COVID-induced slowdown and a crisis in, a, in the housing markets. The appointment of Xi's ally Li Qiang, a former Shanghai party boss, as a successor this year was seen as a sign that his performance agenda has fallen by the white by the wayside as Beijing tightens its grip over its slowing economy. But in his final speech as outgoing premier, Li struck a bullish tone, saying China's economy was staging a steady recovery, demonstrating vast potential and momentum for further growth. Overcoming great difficulties and challenges, we succeeded, yeah, succeeded in maintaining overall stable economic performances. Yeah, if you like to believe what the government says. People don't even believe them anymore because the economy kept stagnating, kept dropping, kept going up and dropping, up and dropping. It just repeats every time. No, even if you like to say it's one of the best things what they ever done and the best thing that they ever want to prove, that's just embarrassing. I don't want to say it's the best thing that he did, but it's probably one of the stupidest things ever. And then we're going to probably go on the third half if we need to. We're just going to you know, go through this quickly so we can go to the other one. Hong Kong activist Owen Chow arrested by national security, by national security over prison's contraband rules. Hong Kong activist Owen Chow had been arrested by national security officers while in remand on suspicion of carrying unauthorized items out of a prison, with local media reporting that the 26-year-old was arrested along with his two lawyers. The police force said on Thursday night that a man, age 26, was arrested in Chen Sai Wan, while two women, ages 29 and 30, were arrested on Hong Kong Island. The two women were child's lawyers. Local media report, uh, local media outlets Ming Pao and Sing Tao reported, citing sources. They were suspected of carrying unauthorized items out of the detention facility in Chen Wan and Chen Sai Wan and were arrested by National Security Police, the statement read. The two 
women have been granted bail pending further investigations and are required to report to the police later this month. Chow is among the 47 prominent Democrats arrested and charged under the security law with conspiracy to commit subversion in 2021 after they organized primaries in a bid to win the 2020 legislative election. On Wednesday, Chow pleaded guilty to rioting on July 1, 2019, when the city legislature was stormed by hundreds of protesters during the early days of the extradition bill protests. According to prison ordinance, any person who carries any arms, ammunition, weapons, instruments, intoxicating liquor, opium or, or other drugs, tobacco, money, clothing, provisions, letters, papers, books, or any other articles whatsoever, our prison may be fined $2,000 in prison for three years. Chow was granted bail in June 2021 after spending three, four months in custody awaiting his subversion trial. His, he had his bail revoked and was rearrested and was rearrested last Jan- January after he breached bail terms by publishing speech that could be seen as endangering national security. Quote unquote. I don't know why he's sneaking in. People say he sneaked in uh, mooncakes, which of course, why sneaking in mooncake got to be a violation of the law anyway? You can't just treat it like it's a kung fu panda kind of thing. And one final report for today. Hong Kong Centrist Party's third side to set out patriot-only district council race after failing to secure nominations. A centrist Hong Kong pro-political party has said it would not fill candidates to run in the upcoming patriot-only district council race as they failed to receive the required nominations. Casper Wong, the vice chairperson of Third Side, told Hong Kong Free Press on Friday that he would not speculate as to why the party's candidates had failed to to get the nominations needed to run. Elections have never been easy when we face difficulties. We keep going forward, Wong said in Cantonese, and that the party would look towards the future. To run a district council race in December, the first since an, an overhaul of his of electoral system, a candidate must receive at least three nominations from the government-appointed committees. The requirement is one of several unveiled in May to ensure only patriots to be elected could be elected following a pro-democracy landslide in 2019. In 2019, when the states last voted for who would represent them in the local advisory bodies, the overhaul which was approved in July which also saw the number of democratically elected seats cut from o- over 450 to 88. The remaining sets will be chosen by the city's leader, government-appointed committees, and officials. Dirtza has intended to field two candidates, Tibeti Choi and Marie Pang, to run in, in the newly restricted district council race. Choi was meant to run in the Chen um, district, while Pang in the Yaotimong district. Wong told Hong Kong Free Press on Friday that the parties had sent letters and emails to the members of the three committees after obtaining their contacts through the Home Affairs Department, but ultimately the number of the nomination they received was not they received was not enough. Pro democracy parties, the Democratic Party and the Hong Kong Association for Democracy and People's Livelihood, have both said they have struggled to get nominations. Nomination peri- the nomination periods for the Patriot-only district, uh, Patriot-only election began last Tuesday, and will end on May, and will end on Monday as of th- as Thursday. Three hundred eighty-nine nominations have been received. Hong Kong's largest pro-establishment party, 
the Democratic Alliance for the Betterment and Progress of Hong Kong said earlier this month that it would field 122 candidates to run. Pro-Beijing groups like the Hong Kong Federation of Trade Unions, the New People's Party, the Pro-Business Liberal Party have also submitted nomination forms. Chief Executive John Lee said on Tuesday that those who are struggling to get nominated should look into why they have problems. The, it might inv- involve various reasons. Nominators might think the candidates cannot fulfill their responsibility as district councillors, have concerns over their performance, do not believe they do not believe they love the country in Hong Kong, or that they have they are not sincere in upholding the basic law and bearing allegiance to the Hong Kong SAR. Lisa and Cantonese. The overhaul of the district council elections followed a major changes to the legislative council and chief executive, chief executive electoral systems. Even the centrist party, like Sursai, even they can't even get in. So anybody who said that, oh, it's easy to get in. And they say, oh, look why you, you can't get in. Yeah, nomination is hard. You can't even get in. You can't even freaking... How are you going to run if they make it so strict like that? If you want to make it strict, then you might, as well, you, you might as well not have anyone run in the first place. I don't think, that, I don't think there's any point to run anyway. Why, you may ask? Well, because it makes it's already hard to begin with. It's already hard. It, now it's going to be much more difficult. And try and try to run, you know. Some other candidates back then in 2019 were disqualified, um, most notably Joshua Wong. But at the same time, it was a little bit more. It was a little more easier to run at the time, before it became much more restrictive, where you can't run without any, without saying that you are not patriot. So I'm hoping that, because it's running until next week, so hopefully some of them get their nominations. And thank you for tuning, in, guys. If you guys enjoy this podcast, make sure you're tuning every Monday and Friday for our podcast. Next week, we don't have a radio show because there's stuff that's going to be going on, so I'm going to be attending that event. And next week, there's a Halloween hijink, so you guys can join in. And that's it for today, and we'll talk more next time. This is Team Cal, my radio, signing out. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Take care. My radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. And host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs>